This text is an interesting one from 1 Corinthians, and it's quite confusing. I think it's a little hard to follow as I read it. Uh, Maybe you didn't have any trouble at all following along with that, but it's a little bit of a complicated text. Uh, and, And so we're going to do our best to go through it today and hopefully shed a bit of light on what Paul was talking about in this part of the letter that he writes to the church at Corinth. So let me tell you just a little story. My brother-in-law, Mike, I just love him so. He's become um, even a brother to me. I've grown up knowing him. My sister started dating him when I was 13. And so he has just been part of the family. And um, like I said, he's just, he's he's one of my heroes. He's just fantastic. And so um, Mike and I were chatting at one family gathering years ago. And, and he'd been thinking about my job. <laughs> and he said to me, oh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about your job. And I said, oh, okay, what, what have you been thinking about? And he said, you know, it's kind of like this in my mind. Christmas is like your Super Bowl. <laughs> and I think Easter is like your national championship. <laughs> or at the time, he said Rose Bowl. So, so what is today, by the way? Does everybody know what today is? It's the Super Bowl. It was really funny. When I said that in the first service, people were afraid to say it. <laughs> was that really what she's talking about? It's okay. Let's say it. And Cincinnati's in the Super Bowl. Right? I know, right? I'm not even a Cincinnati fan, but I am today because Ohio's in the Super Bowl. That's pretty awesome, right? I'm watching I always watch for the commercials, I'm just going to admit right now, but I'm going to watch the game today too. So yes, today's an exciting day. Well, Mike and I started talking about that. I laughed a little bit and he said, but it's kind of true because at Christmas time and really Advent, he said, you're so busy and it's true. You know, there's so much happening in the life of the church during Advent and leading up to Christmas, and and even Christmas Eve, multiple services. I've always been in churches, and we have multiple services on Christmas Eve. I'm always so, so, so busy, leading right up to Christmas. So by the time Christmas Day arrives, I'm usually really tuckered out. And and that's why we were talking about it, because we were at a Christmas gathering, and I was just, woof, I'm tired. And so we were were talking, and and, and then he said something that I thought was really, you know, interesting, because I I said, well, you know, Mike, let's talk about it theologically. Of course, then he starts rolling his eyes, like, I really didn't really want to get in this far into it, Becky. I just really wanted to make that observation. But, But we started talking about this, and I said to him, well, what do you think is the most significant one? Christmas or Easter? What, what would you say is the most significant for us, those of us who follow Jesus? Easter, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? I, I really think that's a hard question. I don't know that I can find an easy answer because certainly Easter means something to us because Christmas means something to us because Jesus was born, and we celebrate that, right? But, but there's something about Easter and the miracle of new life and resurrection that is so amazing and, and, and marks us for who we are as people of faith. And so it's interesting, even though my time is spent more during Advent and Christmas, 
than Easter, though it's fairly busy too. But it's interesting, truly, the focus on Easter for us is so important because of resurrection. So the scripture this morning talks about resurrection. The church at Corinth, we have already found out, was struggling with a variety with a variety of things, especially ideas. And they were bringing into the current church all of these past ideas and also the ideas that surrounded them, right? So some of the beliefs of the Greeks and some of those other religions were coming into this early church. And so they were trying to reconcile all of that and to figure that out and to stay together as a church, and it was challenging. <laughs> so we get this letter from Paul talking about their struggling with the idea of resurrection. As it reads, it's, it's almost like reading apologetics. And, and what that means, I'm sure you know, is just something that tries to explain something in detail. Uh, we were talking in between services, uh, Chris and I, and he said it reminds me of math class, right? Back in the day when, when you have to go through proofs, and, and, and one thing is this, and because one thing is this, and it equals this, and it's that, you get what I'm saying, right? It's complicated, and that's how this reads. If there is no resurrection of dead, then Christ has not been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, that our proclamation has been in vain and your faith has been in vain. Now then we are even, and it goes on. It's interesting, isn't it? To me, this is a text that to make so much sense of it, if I had to sit down and I hadn't uh, been familiar with it already, it would take a pen and a piece of paper, maybe a pencil, and some time to work through what these things mean. Resurrection. And why resurrection is so significant. But ultimately, what Paul is writing to this church and what we need to hear is the loss of the belief of resurrection, which is new life, is the loss of hope. And the loss of hope is something we never want to experience. Because resurrection is all about hope. Resurrection is all about new life, fresh starts. And he's talking about the importance of this church not losing hope. Don't lose your hope. You see, we get so caught up and what is around us. And to a certain extent, it's important that we do that, isn't it? We want to be present in the moment. We want to be present with the people who are with us. So absolutely, we need to pay attention to that. But we can get so caught up in the drama of what's happening around us, and sometimes, it's, it's, again, it's important we do that. But if we become so focused on that, that we lose hope, then all is lost. Then all is lost. Life can be challenging. 
Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Life whew, can be challenging. We can find ourselves in really challenging circumstances. Maybe those that we have been forced into. Maybe those that we've chosen ourselves. Maybe all of those and in between. How about that? But life can be challenging. Don't lose hope, the scripture tells us. Don't lose hope. Don't lose that idea of resurrection and new life that can come even from the hardest to the darkest of times. The scripture goes on to say, and it's in this very last line, something so beautiful and significant for us and hopeful. It says this, Jesus is our example, the first fruits of those who have died. If you didn't understand that little phrase, it would seem really strange that that gets popped in to the end of this conversation about resurrection and new life. The idea of the first fruits comes from the Old Testament in sacrifice. And when someone was called to give a sacrifice, and when they gave sacrifices at the temple, they were told to give the best of the best as their sacrifice, the first fruits. So now let me tell you, probably my favorite Christmas gift this year was a subscription to a fruit club. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Every month I get a box of fresh fruit Oh, I love it. What a great gift. So a few days ago, the fresh fruit arrived, and I'm always so excited when the box gets there. And we opened it up, and it was these beautiful, brightly colored, fragrant oranges. Oh, we picked one up and turned it over, and it was moldy. Right? I know. Thank you for feeling my pain. <laughs> it was like, oh, it's now, the good news is they weren't all that way, but there were some beautiful ones. Here's my choice. <laughs> what do I give? The best of the best. What do I give? Oh, the most fragrant orange I can find, the sweetest, the juiciest. Yeah, the first fruits are the best. What do we offer to God? Oh, the best of us. What was offered on our behalf? Jesus. The very best. The first fruits. The very best was given for us. Why? It goes back to what I always say. <laughs> Love. Indeed. Love. God's love for us is so big. It's so beyond what I can even describe that the first fruits were given for me, for forgiveness of sins, and for resurrection so that I might live new life 
and life eternal. The best was given because of love. You see, love never ends. It's not just a catchphrase or a clever grab from a famous text. It is a bedrock of our faith. Love never ends means resurrection lives on. And the life of Christ lives on because love never ends. And love never ends because you matter so much. You are significant in the eyes of God. Today might be a bad day. It might be a sad day. It might be a grieving day. It might be a lonely day. It might be a confusing day. But even with all of that, hear these words. You matter. Love says you matter. Resurrection reminds us of hope. And that hope is that love never ends. You matter that much. The resurrection message is an every day, every Sunday kind of a message. It always preaches. Because resurrection is what we are all about. New life. Fresh starts. Every day. Every day we have this opportunity. Every moment of every day. To have a fresh start. I love that this scripture about resurrection shows up in the lectionary where it does. You might think it's out of place because just a few weeks from now, we are going to be going through Lent and getting ready to focus on resurrection. But here's the beautiful thing about this verse now. The season of Lent is meant to be a season that is solemn a season where we take time to be more contemplative, a season that we talk about and learn more about Jesus' journey to the cross. It's not always a cheerful time in the life of the church. Sometimes it's a hard time because we think of those things that we don't always want to think of, and we focus on those, those stories that we don't always want to focus on. But before we get started with that, Here's a beautiful reminder of what comes at the end. Resurrection. Oh, I love that it falls right now. And every year I come to this and I think, oh, I'm so glad this is here. Because this will sustain us through the season of Lent. And if you are anything like I am, you will realize something in that statement. That not only will that happen in the life of the church, but that will happen in your life. And that's happened in my life. There are times that are so difficult and dark and hard, but the message of hope 
sustains me through those times. The message of God's love for me carries me through chaos and pain and sadness and grieving. So these words are just right for us today. In closing, let me share with you one more story. There was a contest of sorts, and it was for artists to create art that depicted peace. Oh my, there were some amazing pieces that were created. Pieces that, that were pastoral, and there, there was beautiful fields, green fields, and, and there were farm animals grazing on those fields, and, and there, were, there were images of sunrises and sunsets. Oh, images of calm water, beautiful streams flowing, peaceful images. But interestingly enough, the image that won was a horrible thing. It was an image of a very jagged cliff jutting out from a mountain. And there were raging storms in the ocean. And the sky was this horrible color of gray and black and there were lightning strikes across the sky, and just looking at it made you feel a little afraid. But when you looked closer and studied that work of art, there in the side of the cliff was a tiny little nest. And in that tiny little nest, there was a sweet little bird and the sweet little bird was asleep, completely at peace, even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of the storms, because that little bird had hope. The storms would pass, and everything would be okay again. Oh, friends, God holds us in God's hands, <laughs> like that beautiful little nest. And you are nestled in there safe. And you can have hope. You can have hope. You can have resurrection hope. New life will come again. So dear friends, I encourage you to let that hope sink deep into your souls in this day, whatever, wherever you are on the journey. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.